and believing that it would be a great war and more worthy of relation than any that had preceded it. All right, who were the Peloponnesians and who were the Athenians? Well, we know the Peloponnesians as the Spartans. It was a city-state that uh, dominated the peninsula there called the Peloponnese in southern Greece. And the Athenians, well, that's Athens. That's the city-state of Athens. And they were the two dominant powers in Greece in the time when the war breaks out, 431 B.C. And they have it out in a war that eventually leads to the overt destruction of Athens, but so weakens Sparta that it too goes down the tubes fairly soon thereafter. It's a very straightforward start. Thucydides, an Athenian, wrote the history of the war. It tells you right away about the author's bias. He's an Athenian, and he's writing it as an Athenian, and he lets you know about that bias. And then he makes a claim about the war as a whole that its greatness, he thought it would be a great war, that its greatness makes it more worthy of relation than those that had preceded it. Well, it's a history book. And it's hard to know how a history book can be really a book about political philosophy. And it's harder with, with Thucydides because he almost never gives you his opinion of, every, of anything. Political philosopher Hobbes translated Thucydides, a translation that, that's still very, very much fun to read. I've been told that its Greek is not as good as, say, that of Crawley's or others. But in the introduction to his translation, he explains that the way you interpret Thucydides comes not through what he says he thinks, which is very rare that he does that, but it comes through juxtaposition. It comes through the events he sets next to each other. For instance, we'll get a glorious picture of the ideal Athens in Pericles' funeral oration, the second speech he gives. And it is followed by a description of a plague, a horrible, hideous plague. Yeah, they fit chronologically together. You find out eventually that Pericles dies of the plague. But the point that's being made is that the second comments on the first. The description of the plague undercuts and comments on that ideal picture of Athens in the speech. And also, I think he, you have to read him through his choice of events. There are a couple of very minor places, Melos and Plataea, that get an awful lot of ink. And the question is, why did he do that? Uh, there are reasons, I believe. In other words, he shows you. He doesn't tell you, but his showing is a kind of telling. The book is uncompleted. It goes up almost to the end of the war, but not quite. And the last book, Book 8, doesn't seem to have been revised. All the other books have very long speeches in them. Book 8 doesn't. We know he lived to the end of the war because he knows how it turned out. He says so. But he doesn't seem to have had a chance to complete and finish revising his book. Who was Thucydides? 
an Athenian of some stature. The family had influence in Thrace with the right to work gold mines there. His father was called Olorus, which is a Thracian name, so he's probably from there. He started writing when the war started in 431. He was stricken with plague around 430, but survived. And he became one of the ten strategoi, the generals of Athens, in 424. But when he failed to get to a very important city called Amphipolis, uh, before the Spartans did, he was exiled. And he spent the next 20 years of the war in exile, mostly on the Spartan side. So when he says Thucydides an Athenian, he wrote the history of the war as an Athenian, yes, but he spent a lot of it as a, an alienated Athenian, an Athenian emigre in the home of their enemy, Sparta. He saw both sides of the war.